After I was born again, one of the first scriptures God showed me was John chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus said, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Jesus, the Son of God, said he could do nothing without hearing from God. I certainly knew that I could do nothing unless God showed me to do that thing. Some people think you just make up your own mind as to what you want to do, and then you set about to do it in spiritual things. That is just not the case. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. You have to have Jesus' Spirit living in you to teach you all things, to guide you into all truth, and even to show you things to come. We read that in John chapter 14, verse 26, and John chapter 16, verse 13. My cousin was a Church of Christ member all her life. She did not want to believe any supernatural thing, though we have the example of Paul on the road to Damascus. She did not want to believe in the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, of God leading us by His Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. She didn't want to believe any of that. One time, she had heard me speaking to her and observed me, and she said to me, Well, I believe you are a Christian. I just don't know how you can be. She didn't understand being born again. She understood going forward and being baptized because that's what you wanted to do. But she didn't understand having God baptize you in the Holy Spirit. She didn't understand being set on fire by the things God did to you. All she knew was the will of man and a belief that you of your own intellect can understand spiritual things which you cannot do. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 we read, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And that is the way the majority of people in the churches are today. They don't understand that it is normal and even required that we hear from God before we do anything, spiritually speaking. We must be led by the Spirit of God. Let's take the example of Paul on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, 
that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as Paul journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And Jesus, the Lord, said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Jesus spoke to the apostle Paul by a voice out of heaven. He saw no man. It was a voice that got his attention. The word got Paul's attention. I was baptized in water when I was 15, but I was not led by the Spirit of God. I wasn't shown I was a sinner. I didn't know I was a sinner. I just didn't want to go to hell, and I thought what they were saying at the church I was attending was that come forth and be baptized in water, and you will not go to hell. And that was my, what I thought they were saying. But I was not changed one bit. I continued to live in my own ambitions, doing what I thought would make me succeed. I had no concept of sin at all. Until... I was approximately 37 years old. 20 some odd years later, God spoke to me by his spirit and brought the following words into my mind. Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. I was very shocked. I said, sins? I thought they were mistakes. I had no idea I was a sinner until that moment. And then I was born again. My life was changed completely because the Spirit of God was given to me. That is what being born again is. But a great many people in the churches do not understand that when we are of God, He speaks to us by His Spirit We are born again, and then we are sealed by the Spirit of God, Ephesians chapter 1, and the Spirit of God lives inside of us. Before the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection, it was not like this. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was given to the prophets, but they weren't given to all the people. But after the resurrection, 
the Holy Spirit was given to every individual so that he might know the will of God through the Spirit of God who searches the mind of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But a great many of people, I would say the majority of people in the churches today, think that by your own will you join a church and then you are a Christian, and they never consider anything whatsoever about the Holy Spirit. They don't even know there is a Holy Spirit or what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things, spiritual as well as secular. The Holy Spirit reminds us of everything Jesus has said. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth and shows us things to come. That's John chapter 14, verse 26, John chapter 16, verse 13. God does supernatural things with each one of us as he wills, according to his will. In my case, I was born again in 1975. After I was born again, in the night I was asleep. I was transported into heaven. I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. I didn't see any images. It was strictly a spiritual experience, an experience in the Spirit. But I knew I was with God. I was with Jesus. I was with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me. I thought this is what happened to every Christian. I didn't know this was a call of God on my life until many years later. The majority of people in churches think that you go to a seminary and you study the Bible and then they ordain you and they call you reverend. There's no place in the New Testament Bible where a human is called reverend. Ministers of Jesus are called apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. There's no such thing as pope. There's not even any such thing as priest in the New Testament. That's an Old Testament term. In the New Testament, there are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers given to the church after Jesus arose, given to the church for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's Ephesians chapter 4. Men added all these other things to the churches. But Jesus gave to the New Testament church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. John chapter, 1 John chapter 4 Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh of the believer is of God. 
every spirit that knows Jesus lives inside the human being by his spirit. Everyone who knows that is a believer. But the other people, they don't confess that. They don't know that. Now they know, of course, that Jesus was a man who was born and that he lived in the nation of Israel at a specific time. They know those things, but they don't know that Jesus has come into the flesh of the individual believer. We read in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, this is the spirit of Antichrist, those who do not know. But the believers have had this happen to them. They know they're different. Pam Padgett was raised Catholic. She, uh, at one point in time, one of her classmates died. And she knew when he died that if she died, she wasn't prepared to go to heaven. So she called out to God in a very childlike way and said, please save me. And it's so interesting because she said that when she prayed for help, she said, now I know there's God and there's Jesus and there's the Holy Spirit, but I don't know which one we're supposed to pray to. So would you please get this prayer to the right one? I think that's such a charming story. And she said after she prayed that, she knew there was something of God that came into her and there was something of God living in her. And years later, she saw a scripture and realized the thing living in her was the Spirit of God. She was one of the elect of God. You may not realize that there are elect of God, people chosen by God today. Romans chapter 9, Paul says, For they are not all Israel which are of Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are of the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. The children of the flesh. That was the way I was when I was 15. I went forward at church and was baptized because I didn't want to go to hell. But I did not have the Spirit of God convincing me of my sins. Just because... They're born Jewish, did not make them a child of God, is what Paul's saying. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Isaac was the promised child. Ishmael was the child of the flesh. So in verse 8, Paul says in Romans 9, They which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. 
For the children being not, excuse me, verse 10, Romans 9, and not only this, but when Rebekah had also conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth, It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau have I hated. They were twins. God says, I love Jacob, but I hated Esau, even before they were born. Verse 14. Paul says, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. I was born again because it was the will of God that I be born again. I certainly had done nothing to justify my salvation. But God in his mercy showed me that I was a sinner and caused me to be born again and then took me into heaven twice and merged me into the body of Jesus, which I believe was the moment that I was ordained for the ministry ordained by God to be a minister merged into the body of Jesus made one with the word of God and the calling that I was given is apostle prophet apostles deal with church doctrine prophets deal with the subject of sin and deliver messages to the church concerning sin being committed in the church by ministers and members of the congregation. That's the work of a prophet. 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, about the Holy Spirit. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, says Paul, but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. In 1 Corinthians 2, we read that the Spirit of God searches the heart of God to know the will of God for us, the individuals, to reveal to us the things planned for us by God. Paul says in verse 13, which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The vast number of people today calling themselves Christians put themselves into the church by their own will and they do not have the Spirit of God. Only those who have the Spirit of God 
can understand the things of God. The called of God are given the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, so they can witness to the power of God in their lives as that Holy Spirit teaches them and guides them in all truth. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. Acts chapter 1 The former treatise I have made, O Theophilus, lover of God, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until, <clears throat> excuse me, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses, unto me, the word, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now here's the difference between those born of the Spirit of God and those who are taught by other human beings concerning what they are to do. This is a very graphic illustration. After I was born again, I went to a copy place to get some papers copied. While I was waiting to use one of the copy machines, an elderly man came up to me and said, Little lady, you didn't park behind that green and gold car out there, did you? And I said, No, sir. He said, that's a Baylor car. Baylor's a Baptist University in Texas. I said, yes, sir. And he said, you don't happen to be a Christian, do you? And I said, oh, yes, I am. I had just been taken into heaven twice in the night. I was on fire for things of God. So I was really excited when he said, you don't happen to be a Christian, do you? I said, oh, yes, I am. He became downcast and said to me, Oh, heck, I just joined the witnessing class at First Baptist Church, and you are the first person that I chose to witness to. He was sorry I was a Christian. That's the work of the flesh. Now here is an example of the work of the Spirit. I was, at, that, at the time this happened, I owned a business in Dallas, American Indian Arts Business. I had been born again, taken into heaven twice, 
I still owned the business. I was en route to Albuquerque, New Mexico to go to the reservations to buy Indian jewelry for my business. My Church of Christ cousin, Jean, was picking me up at the airport. When I arrived at the airport, just as the plane landed, I heard from the Spirit of God these words, Be baptized. Now, when I hear a word from God, that doesn't mean be baptized next month or next year. That means be baptized now. So we landed at the airport. Jean met me. I said to Jean, if you can arrange it this afternoon before I return to Dallas, I will be baptized. She was puzzled and she said, but you've already been baptized. I said, yes, but I wasn't born again when I was baptized before, and now I'm born again. Jean didn't understand that, didn't show any understanding whatsoever of that. But she arranged for me to be baptized. We went to the Church of Christ building there in Albuquerque, and about 15 of my relatives were there in the auditorium to witness my being baptized. I was very surprised because the minister said to me, would you like to say anything before you're baptized? And I said, well, yeah, I guess. And I just started speaking by the Holy Spirit and saying what was brought to my mind. And I told them about how I'd been baptized when I was 15, but I wasn't born again. And I told them about the Spirit of God speaking to me. And now I'm born again. And I heard to be baptized. So I was going to be baptized. While I was talking to them, one of my cousins was shaking her head up and down. Yes, yes, she understood. Most of the other people just sat there and stared at me as I talked, except for my uncle. And he was crying. Tears were floating down his cheeks as I spoke. Well, when I finished speaking, the minister took me up to the baptistry, and when he lowered me into the water, the Holy Spirit said to me, This is like being buried with Christ. As I came out of the water, the Holy Spirit said to me, This is like being raised with Christ. The Holy Spirit was preaching to me Romans chapter 6, but I didn't know Romans 6 at that time, but the Spirit of God was teaching me. That's what the Spirit of God does. When I came back down into the sanctuary after being baptized, my uncle came to me and said, Could you write that out for me? I have never heard anybody say the things that you said. And I said, Well, I guess so. So when I got home, I wrote it out and sent it to my husband. I mean, to my uh, uncle. Later, I realized my uncle was born again while I was speaking. God opened his eyes to see the truth. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. You're not trying to do anything. You're simply hearing from God and repeating that which you have heard from God. You don't plan anything ahead. One time, uh, one of our church members told me that her adult-aged son, who had been twice divorced, was coming to visit. And she had a whole list of stuff that she was going to 
tell him. I said, oh, no, don't do that. That's of your own flesh. Instead, just trust God to bring out of you anything you need to say. She told me later, not one thing she had on my list, on her list, to discuss with her son. Not one thing was brought to her mind, and she brought forth a whole bunch of other things that were brought to her mind. That is being led by the Spirit of God and following God. Making up your list of what you're going to say to the person, that is being led by your own flesh. Romans chapter 8, verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And Jesus warned the disciples in Luke 21 not to plan ahead what they were going to say, for he would give them a mouth and wisdom that none of their adversaries would be able to gainsay nor resist. And in Matthew, Jesus said, It is not you speaking, but it is the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That will do the work of God. But you will never do the work of God making out lists and plans of what you are going to say. That will be your work. Once again, 1 John chapter 4. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is of God. Now, everybody in the whole world knows there was a man named Jesus who was born and died and was crucified. That is how we get our current calendar. A.D. and B.C. B.C. before Christ, A.D. after Christ. In the year zero, Jesus was on the earth in the flesh. Everybody knows that. So what does this mean when it says, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus is come in the flesh is of God? It means every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come into the flesh of the believer, to live in the believer, is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh of the believer is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Therefore, the people who understand that Jesus lives in the believer are of God. But the people who resist that, Resist the understanding, resist the doctrine that Jesus lives in the believer. Those are Antichrist. They want to believe that the human does all the work by his own intellect, by his own effort, by his own will, when exactly the opposite is true. It's effortless when you follow the Holy Spirit. All you do is speak what he gives you to speak. Say what he says. There was a time I was visiting with my favorite aunt, who was Church of Christ member all her life. 
but she was different from everybody else. This aunt, we, we never had any problem whatsoever. We never argued about scripture. We never debated scripture. We never had any problem. The Holy Spirit said to me as I was visiting with my aunt, tell her about being taken into heaven. Well, I didn't want to do that. You don't want to tell Church of Christ members about the supernatural workings of the Holy Spirit in your life. But I knew that instruction was from God. Tell her about being taken into heaven. So I began telling her about how I was taken into heaven in the night and merged into the body of Jesus. My aunt had sort of a dreamy look on her face as I told her that. And when I finished speaking, she said to me, something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. I am probably the only person she's ever told that story to. She's no longer living. But she knew things were wrong at the Church of Christ. Before she died, she told me, I know things are wrong at the church. But she stayed there. Later, God gave me a dream. And in this dream, there was a row of baby bassinets. I walked down the row to see the babies. And the babies were horribly deformed, horribly deformed. I looked into each bassinet. One after another had terrible physical deformities. I got to the end of the row and there stood my favorite aunt who had died a few years earlier. She was about 44 in the vision that I had in the dream. She was a mature woman, but on her face were big spots and blemishes. And I knew God was showing me that she didn't come into the full reward that she could have come into. She stayed in her church group, even though she knew things were wrong in that Church of Christ group. My cousin even told me, she said, we know things are wrong that we've been teaching, but we don't want to hurt the old people's faith, so we don't tell them that we know some of the teachings we've been doing are wrong. Terrible thing. Once I was speaking with a Baptist woman, and she began telling me a story which I found so interesting. I knew her husband, too. She met him when she was a teenager. She went into the local village grocery store, and she saw him. And she immediately knew he was the man she was going to marry. And she said to the grocer, who is that man? And he told her the name of this young man. And she said, well, I'm going to marry him. And the grocer was horrified. He was a Nazarene. And he was horrified. And he said, oh, you shouldn't say things like that. Wynette married Jerry, and they were married 65 years. But when Wynette told me this story, I said to her, that was wisdom from God. 
telling you that you were going to marry Jerry. That was wisdom from God. She turned sort of white. She was very frightened to think that she had received wisdom from God. Now, she would rather have thought that it was her own wisdom, but she didn't want to think it was wisdom from God. I don't know whether they taught in the Baptist church that there are no gifts of the Holy Spirit, but wisdom from God is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he, God, wills. Now, the word Winnet had, you're going to marry this man, that might have just been a word of knowledge, not just a word of knowledge, but it might have been a word of knowledge instead of a word of wisdom. But it was either a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge from the Spirit of God. For she had no way of knowing she was going to marry Jerry. She hadn't even met him. But she did marry him, and they were married until the time he died, which was about 60 years. But she was afraid. As a Baptist, she was afraid of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. She was terrified. I could tell she was. I just couldn't understand it unless she had been taught at church that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not operable today. Well, that teaching was certainly wrong. The first church I ever attended after being born again, the, the minister was teaching that tongues are of the devil. I was terrified of the idea of anyone speaking in tongues. I'd never heard a tongue, but I was terrified. Later, I read in 1 Corinthians 14, forbid not to speak with tongues. Well, they were teaching tongues were of the devil at the church I was attending. The Bible was saying forbid not to speak with tongues. I never went back to that church after I saw that scripture because I knew they were teaching the opposite thing from what I was reading in the Bible. That kind of church is antichrist when they are teaching and doing the opposite thing. For example, Jesus said, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. At the churches today, I've never heard that taught. Matthew 5.32 I've never heard them teach that. Actually, the singles classes are pretty much set up so that young men and women can meet each other and find a mate. And that's one reason they attend singles classes is they're looking for a Christian mate. But at the singles classes, often divorced women are there hunting a Christian mate. Jesus says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. The pastors who are performing these wedding ceremonies 
where a man marries a divorced woman, they're going exactly opposite from the thing Jesus says in the Bible. This is Antichrist in the church. A very important instruction for us is in John chapter, uh, Second John. There's just one chapter in Second John. Verse 8. Look to yourselves, watch over yourselves, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Now the doctrine of Christ are the rules written in the New Testament Bible. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That's one of the doctrines of Christ. John said in verse 10, If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. We just can't let them come into our house when they go by a doctrine that's opposite to the doctrine written in the New Testament Bible, for that is Antichrist. This is Joan Boney speaking. If you are born again, the Spirit of God lives in you to teach you, to guide you into all truth, to even to show you things to come. If you do not believe that, you do not have the Spirit of God, you are Antichrist. And if those church people around you don't believe that, they're Antichrist. But I know some of you listening to this broadcast believe that. You know the Spirit of God is in you. You know everything is different now than it used to be. We just have to make decisions not to continue, so to speak, fellowship with those people who deny the truth of the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures. We have to follow God with people who are born again, especially now because we live so close to the end. And Antichrist is rampant today in the churches today with his doctrine. And that's exactly what Paul said in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. As we draw near to the coming of Jesus, Jesus cannot come until the churches have fallen away from Scripture and Antichrist moves into the churches. That has already happened. We see it everywhere today. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.